Okay, Justin. Um, I thought that was fantastic. And for anyone watching, um, I do think it's really worthwhile going back to see Justin's answer um, for the end, for the end STEMI scenario, because that is really an example of a very, very clear five out of five answer for me at a very, very high level. Um, so I'm not going to rehash and talk through everything that you've just said, but I'm just going to actually pick on some themes. So one thing that you may not realise that you did, but it conveyed a level at which you're working at, uh, which is very impressive. So you actually used terminology in a very appropriate way um, and quite impressive terminology, which not everyone is able to use. Um, so acute coronary syndrome, um, you used in the correct correct way, you used the word NSTEMI uh, in the correct way. Other things with regards to symptoms, diaphoresis, which is very particular to cardiac chest pain. Uh, I thought that was quite nice. You talked very early on uh, in the first question about getting a cardiac monitor, um, which is very particular to what this patient needs. Um, and there are a few other things. So a few other um, things. So in the poorer answer, you said, um, you know, I want to make sure the obs are in normal range. Whereas here, actually, you talked about the patient being hemodynamically stable. And the latter sounds far better than the obs being in normal range. Uh, and... You, know, you talk through in your C, you talk about a fluid assessment, um, a fluid status assessment, which is yeah, good, nice, concise, and it very clearly encapsulates what you're trying to do. And that just really got across to the examiner that you're working at a high level. So uh, there is a cardiology uh, video, knowledge video, and that goes through a glossary of uh, key terms and what each one means. And it's very important to use the right ones in the right place. And this answer is a clear, uh, a clear, example uh, example of uh, using the right terms in the right place. So I thought it was really nice. Uh, a few other tidbits that I thought they were nice. So you talked about things I want to rule out and you can be exhaustive. And I think candidates can sometimes get them stuck in a bit of a rabbit hole, trying to think about all of the different things they want to rule out. But you used uh, an interview, interview technique, which I thought was really nice, which is a rule of three. So if you say two things, it sounds too few. If you say four or five things, it sounds like you're going through a list and you you've lost the examiner but you say three things it's really nice and punchy so i think you said here uh yeah i'd like to rule out other causes of chest pain um particularly aortic dissection you thorax and p fantastic great move on and i thought it was really nice um uh yeah one just brief point about your uh c you did talk about fluid assessment but then later on i think you start mentioning about going back to assess the jvp but that's part and parcel of your fluid, your fluid state assessment you don't need to you know, the point of going through AT assessment is not exhaustive. You don't need to say every single thing that you absolutely need to do. There are some lovely encapsulating terms that cover everything, and a fluid state assessment covers your JVP. So I don't think you need to mention it as isolated specific after that. Um, and then again, I'm not going to go through verbatim each answer and say what, what was fantastic, because anyone you know, watching can go back and look at those answers. But um, just a point that I'd also like to point out, uh, raise here, is that you quite clearly have a great knowledge of cardiology. So you talk not only about starting dual antiplatelets, but you actually talk about the doses to be used, which uh, not many candidates do. And you also talked about the choice of dual antiplatelets, which really is um, working at like a ST3, ST3 level. Um, so you talked about using clopidogrel or ticagrelor, depending on their bleeding risk. Those people that don't know ticagrelor has a higher bleeding risk than, um, than clopidogrel. So in some elderly patients who have a higher bleeding risk, you might want to go for 
good bit of ground rather than Ticagrelor. Uh, and there are some differences between trusts about you know which ones are used in the STEMI versus the non-STEMI situation. But uh, I love the fact that you talked about that, and you also talked about uh, Funder Paranax. Uh, and again, you qualified it with saying depending on when they're going to have their angiogram because you know a lot of places don't need it if they're going to go on to have their angiogram within the next twenty four hours. And so it depends on the local services. And I thought that was a very high level of working. Um, and then finally, uh, last last few points, you really nicely, when a patient's getting discharged, you talk about a few things I thought were really important when you're dealing with a patient that's had a, an endstemy. Adherence to dual antiplatelets, that's something that every consultant will be so pleased to hear that their SHOs and registrars are doing because Patients that don't adhere to their dual antiplatelets are at high risk of acute stent thrombosis, which can be fatal, and leave them in a worse position than when they started. So adherence is so, so important. Uh, and you talked again about doses. You talked about high-dose statins rather than just statins. And you also talked about um, understanding what the patient's ejection fraction is now, because that does influence kind of medications are on. And it also does influence things down the line in terms of other therapies, such as uh, defibrillators and such like. So I thought that was... Very, very important, very good. Um, and then, yeah, your summary was very good. And it's pretty much exactly what, what I'd want to hear from my SHO uh, giving a hand. And I thought what was really nice is that you gave the part where people often do SB and A very well, but the recommendations are sometimes a bit woolly and that's where people fall down. But here you gave very clear recommendations to what needs to happen with particular situations overnight and what warrants a call to cardiology overnight. And that was fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, really well done. A clear five out of five answer. Um, great job. Thank you.